Hey, uh, this is Angela. And this is Jimmy. And you're listening to Books Are Good, Actually. Actually. And uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about Bad Blood, which is essentially about Theranos and the fall of that whole shindig. And before we get started... Doesn't she get into a fight with T-Swift? I don't know. I mean, I mean Bad Blood. Yeah. Uh, oh, God damn it. Sorry. I was going to make that joke, <laughs> and then I forgot a week ago. Um. Anyway, so... uh. I think literally right after New Year's, I made an announcement about different books and kind of the change of format. And actually, I'm going to roll back that change of format. We're going to still do monthly. Uh, we're going to try to just read as quickly as po- yeah. possible and just try to get these out. Mm-hmm. Might be every three weeks if we're quicker. Yeah. Especially um, if the books are shorter. And yeah. Yeah. We're not going to probably table those people's history, 600 page books. Rest in peace, Godel Escherenbach. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Capital by Thomas Piketty. Uh, rest in peace, Debt of 5,000 Year History uh, by Graber. You may be missed. Yeah, we'll we might. See. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll try to figure that out. It might be one of those, uh, we need to read two books at the same time. So if you're really into just having multiple books reading, mm-hmm. which I sometimes do, it's you might be able to get one 600 page book. But mm-hmm. it'd be every some other month later. Anyway. Might break it into a, a chapter reading. Yeah. Like do two or three chapters, come in and talk. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So going to this book, um, actually a little bit before going in the book, have you heard of Eric Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos before reading this? Not really. I knew that she was a CEO of a silicon startup and... Uh, it turned out to be a fraud. But other than that, I didn't know anything about the product. I didn't know where they were in development or in getting their product to the public. It, it, nothing. Yeah, I think I pretty much heard right after they got caught. Um, especially reading this book, I didn't realize how long they've been a company until like I, I read it. Um, mm-hmm. The only other time I heard about her was Behind the Bastards on Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. So um, I skipped that one. Oh, yeah. Well, you missed out. I did. I did. I but at least you why. read the book. Yeah. So. Yes. Now I have to go back and be like, Robert, what are you missing? These are important <laughs> details. All right. So uh, essentially the book starts off with ta- uh, talking about like her childhood. And it's not, it's kind of very bare bones in terms of um, just where she lived, how her family life was, and like going to Stanford and then dropping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a couple anecdotes about, oh, she just wanted to be rich. That was her main thing. Yeah. Uh, um, as a young child, at one point when asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says a billionaire, um, which was, it makes sense given all the stories that her dad would like tell her because uh, their family came from money. But by the time her dad was born, the money was all gone. And then he worked in government, um, so doing lots of hours for an all right salary, but having to move around all the time. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was def- the whole, oh, like, family heritage thing. But, like, I feel like that wasn't, probably wasn't, like, such a influence on her. Hmm. And, like, it, it probably could be- not sitting her down every night and being like, you know, we used to be rich. But now, daddy works for the government, and I demand you be rich. Yeah. So, um, so she, like, 
uh, essentially the thing that was very important and was pointed out was actually all of the connections that their family made mm-hmm. just like throughout her childhood. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, she knew someone from like when she was in China for a bit and she like connected with a friend there that actually was a, a venture capitalist like cousin or some shit. Um, I know I'm not very accurate here, but then mm-hmm. she knew someone else from Stanford that had some other family members who were also a venture capitalist mm-hmm. or someone she could hook into. Also, uh, the professor, um, I forgot his name already, but he like really took a liking to her and was like, yeah, this is, she's great. So he opened doors for her too. Yeah, essentially vouched for her without having a clear understanding of uh, the infeasibility of the product. Right. Um, and not only did she have family connections, but um, once she had the connection of that professor and just being in the Stanford area, there's uh, the book points out a huge number of really influential people in a couple mile radius of Stanford, like um, Henry Kissinger and George Schultz and a bunch of other um foundation people as part of the uh, what is it the hoover institute yeah um have a a office on the stanford campus um stanford like abuts a bunch of venture capitalist uh companies and uh silicon valley startups in the area it's it's just a, a really perfect place to set up shop and uh spin some bullshit yeah and the thing is is that uh being in Silicon Valley and having a startup, you have to kind of fake it till you make it. You do overpromise. That is just something that is just a risk that everyone kind yeah. of takes and everyone kind of knows. Yes. So, you know, that that is just kind of the culture there. Um, and I found interesting because like we're on the East Coast and we kind of spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. Doxing. <laughs> um, so we're on the East Coast, and if you're just ever in the East Coast or working government contracting, you do kind of spin a little bit of a yarn, but you don't do as like bad oh, as yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm like super generalizing with startup stuff, but yeah. they, if you've you know been in the space before or just read other articles about some vaporware, like he mentioned mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. if you've just been in software for a really long time, you know when people are just giving you bullshit yeah. and they're going to give you yeah. not the product that you want or like honestly the same product but with a different like skin on it. And you're like, wait, this is the same thing. What are you doing? Yeah, uh, completely unrelated. But I learned uh, like two weeks ago that uh, Microsoft didn't write DOS. Yeah. yeah. Did you not know that? No, they bought it for like $50,000 yeah. and then leased it to IBM. Yeah. Uh, sham, complete yeah. sham, um, all the way you, down. If you ever watch Pirates of Silicon Valley, that's uh, which we watched in like middle school. <laughs> which wow. was a it was a good. It was like one of those made for TV movies. Sure. Um, pretty much talks about yeah. Um, pretty much Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs. Oh my, did I? Where the Woz, Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates during that time, and all the shenanigans that they were attempting to do the only person out like who out of that entire story who was like pretty like a very nice person is the laws like he's actually legitimately a really cool dude he does a lot of shit um for underprivileged and really is into just computers as a thing so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah uh 
yeah, back in the 80s and 90s, Microsoft were just a bunch of dickholes. Oh, wait, they aren't still now? Uh, but now their products work, so you can kind of forgive them. Didn't they just have to patch a vulnerability for remote desktop protocol that uh, is totally breaking uh, thousands of computers at my job? Yeah, well, you know, let me tell you about <laughs> System D. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, anyway, we were off track. Totally off track. So anyway, so pretty much Elizabeth drops out of Stanford at 19 at, with like some urging of her professor who yep. was like, yeah, this sounds this is a great idea about the um, the finger stick and, you know. And keep in mind with this dropout that she didn't go to Stanford at like 15 and she was almost done. She got through a year and change. Yeah. So she's like, I have this great idea. And some of it, some speculate it's probably based off of the patch idea of drawing uh, blood mm -hmm. through like a patch and then it got scrapped. And I guess maybe Elizabeth saw that or saw something similar. And I was like, oh, let me do a, you know, a th thimble drop of blood from the finger or whatever. Not mm -hmm. thimble, uh, pin pick, pin prick. Which, like, alarm bells always should just go off in your head of just like, well, but how, though? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so she drops out, 19. I think she actually went to China for a bit around that time, and that's where she meets Sunny. She went prior to college okay. as part of, like, a uh, high school exchange program. Yes, that was it. She was, like, she actually learned Chinese, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're, like, really good so come join our uh program yep so like she's obviously really smart but something fucking happened where it's like let me just start lying and then keep lying forever yes um so the product that theranos and is it theranos theranos uh, i say theranos theranos um the the name is a combination of therapy and diagnose so uh theranos yeah um, the product that we're trying to create is a in-home blood testing unit about the size of a desktop PC um, that was supposed to be able to do hundreds of blood tests from a single like pinprick on your finger. And that's essentially what she sold like from the get-go without having an idea as to the difficulties of microfluidic uh, uh, movement which has from what the book put, puts forward uh, like a holy grail like sort of problem yeah and like it was trying to be like oh it's all automated because if you if everything's done by machines it'll be less human error um this also was supposed to have like an early warning system for like, the doctors because we'll ping them and say oh your um calcium is really up and so are some liver enzymes you might be in trouble mm-hmm and um, she also tried to spin with that is like, oh, her uncle uh, was diagnosed with something way too late and then they died. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she was never really close to her uncle. Yeah, But she just kept using that story. Yeah. And, you know, you can totally see where people would buy that because like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had a family member who got diagnosed too late or my doctor misdiagnosed something because of the blood tests were fucked up or something weird and they died or things got worse and so now you know it's a it's a good story because mm -hmm. it makes it really pulls at 
like emotional core of the audience. Yeah. Um, so before we get further into the story, uh, we do want to talk about some of the uh, scientific aspects that are going to come up. Um, so three things to keep in mind. Um, the first is P values. Uh, P values are essentially the means by which you can determine whether or not a uh, scientific hypothesis has been tested to be true or not. Uh, the exact definition is uh, a calculated probability. It is the probability of finding the observed or more extreme results when the null hypothesis of a study question is true. It's the definition of extreme, quote unquote, depends on how the hypothesis is being tested. Um, so when doing a scientific study, you're, you're generally looking for a p-value of 0.05 or less to indicate that what you were looking for is in fact the case. Um, the, the next term is standard deviation, uh, which basically boils down to in any set of data, there's going to be some deviation from the mean. A standard deviation is calculation of uh, a measure of the amount of variation or dispersion of a set of values. A lower standard deviation indicates that the values tend to be close to the mean of the set, while a high standard deviation indicates that the values are spread out over a wider range. Uh, the final scientific thing the, to point out is that with uh, finger pricks, you have a lot of baggage that comes along with the blood versus a vein draw. You're going to get a lot of, um, I think the term is limbic fluid. Yeah. Yeah. As well as just like other junk. Because um, it's not a, a vein. Right. And also throughout the book, they mention that they had to dilute this mm -hmm. very small amount of blood so they can get a larger volume. And that also caused complications mm -hmm. too. Um, they also did not, there's a lot of just bad shit that they just did a lot not, of bad science. not uh, follow. Because through. a freshman got an idea and then dropped out to pursue it. And that's fine and dandy if it's software and you can spend like you can spend your your teenage years like learning software. Even even in these well, you can in the quote unquote in the sense of you can if your uh mom is on the board of IBM and you have access to a, a computer at your private school because you're Bill Gates. Yeah. Um but you can't really learn blood science yeah, or and, microfluidics. Yeah. And I thought what was interesting was that they, they had, uh, I think, like, when she left, she got a doctor, like, she had a PhD. I forgot what his name. I should write these things down. Whatever. Was anyway. it Ian? Uh, no. Well, okay. it was Ian, and then there was another guy um, who kind of, like, left shortly after. Yep. Um. Like, he was a guy who was into, I think he's, like, biotech. And he kind of was just, like, he was, like, working. And then it was just, she didn't want to hear no or, like, this is not possible. Mm -hmm. And then he just got frustrated and left. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, once again, yeah, if this is a field of uh, science that she just had no clue in, she didn't have really an advisor or anybody mm -hmm. to really, like. Rein her in. Yeah, rein her in or help her. <laughs> At all. Or even just say no, because the, the entire time, like, this is a reasonable thing to shoot for, I guess, 
if you have the experience and you have like solid guidance. Yes. But she just refused to get away from the idea of shrinking everything down while they were still developing it. Yeah. So anyway, she opens this company and she pretty like pretty much from the get go, she was just a shitty CEO, which is like kind of what you expect. All Um, all from a 19 year old, 20 year old. Yeah. All smiles and like pleasant up until here's something she doesn't want to hear. And then super acerbic and cold. Yep. And so she essentially like, yeah, if you she didn't like you or like you brought her something negative, you're probably going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sidelined. Sidelined, yeah. Till you quit. Yeah. And then when you quit or get fired, you just pretty much get like marched out immediately. Yeah. You don't get to collect your shit. Don't, you're done. No, no goodbyes. No goodbyes. You're done yeah. and you're out. Um. So pretty much from the get go. Even if you give your two weeks. Yes. They're, like, they're just like, yeah, you need to leave right yeah. now. If Um, you're not committed, you're gone. Yeah. And so as you can kind of start telling, this is even like senior people, people who are in like leadership positions are just pretty much not given time to transition or to find a replacement. So Mm -hmm. there'll be points in time where they just have no, no one to uh, lead the lab. There was no Mm -hmm. director of lab. There was just a director of lab kind of um, as a placeholder, Mm -hmm. just so they can get their CLIA uh, certification. Yes. But even then, like frequently, those like placeholder lab leaders like weren't actually experienced in these kind of laboratories, wouldn't be on premises. Um, it, it it was a shit show for years. Yeah. And then on top of everything else, she made sure that everything was siloed. Yeah. So you cannot talk to other people in the departments like through chat. Um, IT also monitored your emails. Yes. Uh, This caught a couple people who were trying to take evidence of lawbreaking and fraud and uh, help to nail them and keep them from saving people from investing hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars. Yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, if you work in software or anywhere else, um siloing isn't great like that's why there's a thing called devops mm-hmm. uh you also work with you know agile and scrum you want to have interconnected teams mm-hmm. and having people sell it off means that you're gonna have like the right arm's not talking with the left arm and they're just doing random shit mm-hmm. so you're pretty much just wasting just burning through money and time for shit that probably won't work, work. And yep. then she also pitted teams against each other. Yep. Because uh, she had the Edison and then the um, mini, mini lab, lab that she pretty much, she sil- the guy was working on it. He kind of was like, hey, I, we can't really get this to work as you want and it can't be small. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can go fuck yourself. Like, she didn't really, oh, whatever. She's like, yeah. go fuck yourself. And then, like, he still stood on and he just wasn't sure. Like, he was like, okay, am I going to get fired because, you know, said, past experience. No. So then she just hired out a completely different fucking team and have them build something. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So eventually he also left. Yeah. Um, great to bring up the mini lab because uh, the mini lab was essentially multiple Edison's stacked on top of each other. Um, I don't know um, if our listeners know a lot about thermodynamics or electronics, but uh, spoilers, electronics produce heat, heat rises. Blood tests are very temperature dependent. 
if you were to stack multiple devices uh, and intend them to provide accurate blood testing, uh, you don't want heat rising to them from five other devices below them. Yeah. So it's, um, I think, one of the intern, not interns, but like Tyler, Sh- Tyler Schultz pointed that out like immediately. Yeah. Like he's like, why the fuck did no one see this? Like heat rises. I don't, like, I don't understand yeah. why no one understood this. But, yeah. um, so early on, uh, she was working with like Tim Kemp and um, who was apparently this yes man for like software. My my favorite part was it's on page um, 51 is where uh, the worst offender was Tim Kemp, the head of the software team. Tim was a yes man who never leveled with Elizabeth about what was feasible and what was what wasn't. For instance, he contradicted Justin and showed her they could write the Edison software's user interface faster in Flash than in JavaScript. The very the very next morning, Justin had spotted a Learn Flash book on his desk. Also, just the fact that he's like, "Yeah, it'll be faster in Flash." And I granted this is probably like 2007 at this point, like maybe, but like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like yeah. Flash, Flash was like on its way the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, "Please stop, stop using, using it." Flash. Come on. So um, there's that. And uh, this guy, Justin, who left, he pretty much gave her this note. And his resignation letter is so good. He said, good luck and please do read those books. Watch The Office and believe in people who disagree with you. Lying is a disgusting habit and it flows through the conversations here like it's our own currency. The cultural disease here is that we should be curing, but we try to tackle obesity uh, before we try to uh, tackle obesity. I mean, no ill will towards you since you believe what I was doing and I hope that I would succeed at Theranos. I feel like I owe you this bad attempt at an exit interview since we have no HR to officially record it. So, as you can see, it's a very, uh, like, pretty much from the get-go, is a toxic um, yeah. culture. Um, on top of that, um, there she Elizabeth had an enforcer uh, named Sonny. Uh, Sonny, uh, we've already mentioned him. She met him in China. Right. As part of the exchange program she was doing. He was uh, Indian? Yes. Um, they were dating uh, while at the same time he was her COO. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that was kept under wraps from literally everybody. Yeah. Uh, would frequently uh, be the case that Elizabeth would claim to be single. Uh, would bring her brother, who she also hired, along with a number of uh, his friends uh, with no experience, um, to be a part of her uh, essentially yes-men team. Um, Sonny was extremely brutal with all of the employees, uh, but in particular employees who are on uh, H-1B visas uh, further down the line, as uh, Theranos came to have a bit of a reputation in the Valley for being a revolving door for employees. They had to draw externally for a, a number of their employees. And, uh, yeah, just a terrible person. Yep. He pretty much monitored people's emails, monitored when they came in and out of the office. Uh, they essentially did pull the bullshit of, oh, we'll order you guys dinner, but they'll order it like at six o'clock and probably won't get there until eight o'clock. So then mm-hmm. before you know, you're there until 10 o'clock. Yep. And some people, would probably find that fucking normal. I would nope the fuck out at five yeah. o'clock. Yep. Um, I, I don't care that you're ordering dinner. Yeah, I, I'm gone. But yeah. the thing is, is like, you know, you know, it's there. So 
uh that was a big part of the um like that was the other thing um let's see uh there were frequently speeches where uh they would start the speech with, if you don't believe in Theranos, if you don't believe in the mini lab, leave now. Yeah. And so, and then Sunny would just go around and just fucking berate people, like just straight up, like if they came with him with a problem, he would just say they're a fucking idiot and pretty much berate a bunch of people until they cried. Mm-hmm. And some people essentially quit right after that. Like they mm-hmm. probably had enough, and, well, I was had enough and just like, all right, I'm gone. Like, mm-hmm. don't treat me this fucking way. And the best part about Sonny, or worst part, is this motherfucker tried to pass himself off as a software genius. He even said, oh, yeah, I've programmed at Microsoft and I pro- and I writ a million lines of code, which is fucking impossible considering how old he is, because it take like 50 years to fucking do that, mm-hmm. to um, writing lines. writing like every day. Right. Also, writing lines of code does not mean jack it's shit. It's code. Yeah, exactly. It could be hello world over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I think, uh, like, almost a year ago, there was a fucking Twitter argument about, oh, I wrote millions, like, so many lines of code, and people were like, no one fucking cares, and that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Some of the most impressive code is, like, 10 or 12 lines long, and it, it pulls absolute nonsense out of thin air to, like, make a, a memory allocation, like plug at just the right time yeah there's actually uh, i learned about this a couple weeks ago from a coworker. um there's a c programming um contest where they write the smallest amount of lines of code to do solve something and there is some pretty crazy uh i haven't i haven't seen i haven't looked at c code in a while and i was just like what the fuck's going on but it was pretty neat so there's definitely contests for that to write as few as lines of code to solve something yep um, I think my favorite, one of my favorite um, things that happened with Sonny was that um, he just did not know technical terms. He just pulled them out of his ass. Like mm-hmm. he could not do what Elizabeth does, but she actually knew the terms and knew how to use them, mm-hmm. even though she has no clue what the fuck she's doing. Sonny just kind of just said them like it's fucking whatever. Frequently mangling them at, yes. at the same time. And one of the um, coworkers, uh, he misheard something like misheard a um word like a phrase and he just thought it was a single word so mm-hmm. then on the next presentation they put that phrase in there and he just didn't blink he just like yeah, yeah it's this word <laughs> like yeah. went on and everyone was like holy shit like this man's super fucking dumb yeah uh that that was the one way that they figured uh out how to manage him was just overload him with technical jargon for a few paragraphs and then he would just sign off on whatever because he was unable to get through it yeah and also what they'll do too is uh have meetings that were like the like frequent meetings like with the team and then he just would get because he's quote-unquote busy he just stopped going to them after a certain point yep so yeah eventually people kind of figure out how to like do that but it's just like holy shit um how just working in that environment yeah. with pretty much low morale, especially for like the lab too. Cause like yeah. it must have been weird being like they got a lot of like fresh college grads or people who didn't earn internships or just people who have no, no lab experience or like doing. very minimal lab experience. Um enough because- to not not push back at the obvious like standard breaking and obvious like like dangerous and illegal procedures that were right. going on. So, um, like, for instance, in, apparently 
the federal level, you're supposed to kind of they you're supposed to inspect laboratories and make sure they're up to code and like whatever stuff. However, they leave that to the states and California. That was pretty much underfunded, so they so essentially Theranos kind of got away with just being as bad as it was because of just no funding for that department that was supposed to do it. They also uh, would. This goes back to the siloing. They had two labs, one which was behind a uh, door with a code to enter it. Um, during inspection days, they instructed employees to not go into the lab, the second lab, the experimental lab, uh, and essentially pretend that they only had one lab. Yeah, so um, so they also did that. They also, uh, for like the CLIA, they get someone who just had enough experience in a, like running a lab, but it didn't have to be a t- lab about blood. It could just be a lab about any fucking thing. If I remember correctly, they were a dermatologist. Dermatologist, yes. And that was good enough to get the CLIA. And it turned, like, and people, it seemed like one of those things that people didn't take that seriously. Like, yeah, I'm glad you have a CLIA, but like, you need to have additional shit mm-hmm. in order for us to take you seriously. And, and mm-hmm. I think that got pointed out by a couple folks from like the Walgreens, like when they initially went to tour the labs and mm-hmm. the consultant was like, hey, where is, I want to see your lab. That's, and me not seeing it, that's a red flag yep. to like, I should be able to talk to your people from the lab, but they're, you're not allowing me to talk to them. So yep. what's going on there? And they're like, oh, well, here's this one piece paper with our New York Times thing that says we're certified. And he's like, that's not what <laughs> I want. <laughs> yep. Um, that was a sunny special. Yeah, that he uh, gave them. Um, oh, right, and also Sunny would make up fucking projections and oh, give yeah. that to investors. Yeah, uh, they would. Uh, their internal numbers were generally like a tenth to a twentieth of what Sunny would provide or Elizabeth would provide. Like they were talking hundreds of million dollars a year initially, and then billions after a few years. Yeah, and to me, that's I don't know. I guess. That's probably just a startup unicorn shit, but I would have been, if I was an investor, I'd be like, that makes no fucking sense. Like, I'm sorry. That just, that's very... If they could pull off what they were selling, like in-home blood testing for hundreds of blood tests from a finger prick, it would have been huge. It would have been huge. Yeah, I guess so. Anyone over the age of 50... Would have wanted one of these things. See, and that's why you know that I'm not a fucking venture capitalist because I'd just be like, you're just full of shit half the time and would never spend money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the, the one thing is like, how, how much do these venture capitalists know about the science that like, uh, if I were a venture capitalist, I whenever I looked into a business, I would then immediately go to like three PhDs in the field and be like, okay, so this is their business. So what is the bullshit? So what am I being lied to about? Right. So let's actually just roll into the venture capitalists because they're a big part of why Theranos got just just as much as a big part. Uh, If you don't want a venture capitalist is it's essentially someone who's a investor. They um pretty much pledge money into like with the exchange of stocks mm-hmm. um so that's 
I think that's like pretty much the very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, in my you... ideal world, they'd be in the line for the guillotine. <laughs> guillotine, guillotine. There yeah. we go. So usually, and also, this is not just like a single person too. Sometimes it's like a group of investors that would pool money together and then they invest, and that would be in exchange for stock. So usually, the stock's at a discount. So it'd be like, here's, you know what? This stock is usually you know fifteen dollars. We're gonna give it to you for ten. So then you'll get gains later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole point is, it's fucking gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense. So pretty much on the onset, um, there was an investor who said, hey, like he actually checked around and was like, is this even possible? And just how some of things were kind of going, he was concerned. So he actually talked to another investor and the, like, and he got evidence enough. And the other guy was like, you know, you can always just step away. Like, that's just kind of how this business rolls. Like, I still believe in the product and this type of thing. So there was concerns initially. Also, a lot of these investors were not medical v- venture, like, capitalist. venture capitalists. Yeah, no medical no, venture no medical capitalists. Yeah. Touch them. So like that, sh- like, that should have been kind of a red flag, yeah. right? Right off the get-go. Because, you know, they would pretty much scrutinize and, you know... Know, know what they yeah. kind of were talking about or know someone who would. Right. So then... On top of, you know, usual, pretty much standard venture capitalists, and they're, they have no fucking clue. And like, they made known that, like, oh, this sounds great. Like, this sounds like a big fucking win. And mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. Then you have fucking George Schultz, who was the former Secretary of State. Secretary of State under Nixon and Ford. Right. So he was a big believer. Yeah. And Elizabeth, like, she, uh, there is a... Side note. Uh, bad man. Bad, bad man. Um... Go to the Hague, bad. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. So um, he's one of those fuckers who, like, invited Elizabeth Holmes to her, like, he had a birthday party for her. She, he invited Henry fucking Kissinger to sing, I'm sorry, not sing limericks, to uh, recite a poem. poem About her and Theranos. Yeah. And, um. Bad man. Yeah. Go to the Hague. Do not pass go. Do not pass go. So, and, like, um. Her, his, uh, George Schultz's, uh, grandson, Tyler, mm-hmm. and they're pretty yeah, close. We mentioned him before. Yeah. He was like, he pretty much had started having his doubts and along with his other coworker, um, Erica, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, and he was trying to convince his grandfather, Hey, this is some fucked up shit. I have proof. I'll explain to you the numbers. Like he just goes deep dives and George is like, nah, I still believe in her. So he's like, so, ostracizes his own grandson yeah for this fucking like random fucking ceo like she's gonna make him billions of dollars he can buy a new grandson <laughs> he can just make a new grandson yeah oh, shit uh getting kind of incesty Ugh, whatever anyway so he so it was just such a like that was probably one of the more bizarre parts in the book just like if you're sitting there and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why are you getting Henry fucking Kissinger yeah. to recite a fucking yeah. poem about this person? Yeah. It's like, what the shit? Speaking of Henry Kissinger, also another fucking investor. Yeah. There's also uh, Mattis. Yeah, Mad Dog Mattis. Yep. And then... Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Although it's funny with Rupert Murdoch, he kind of just... What was really funny about Rupert Murdoch when he... Um, invested. And he was one of the last investors. Yes. Elizabeth tried to pressure him to drop, have them drop the Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal story. Oh, spoilers, by the way. This book was written by 
the guy who was writing articles for the Wall Street Journal about Theranos. And like, this is how he, um, this is the story of him putting together those stories and the results of that. Yeah. So Rupert Murdoch was like, nah, we're not, I'm not going to do anything. The editors will, you know, need to do what they need to do. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like, if you ever know who the fuck Rupert Murdoch is, he's a big shithead. Um, to the Hague. Yeah. So anyway, these investors pretty much were all in and they were especially were more all in when the Walgreens deal kind of got uh, solidified. Being, yeah. Yeah. And so the thing with like the Walgreens deal mm-hmm. is I we mentioned it earlier, but they it was like Walgreens and Safeway. Yeah. Those are the two deals that were kind of the big, big deal thing. Everyone was kind of like. Did not know this was going on, mm-hmm. too, like, in the company. None of the lab folks know. What they were just tinkering going on, trying to mm-hmm. get the shit to work. No one knew what the fuck was happening. Like, they were like, all right, we're still doing clinical tests. Yeah. All right, that was the other shit I forgot to even mention. So, they had these clinical trials, and they were all just really shady as shit. They were always on these patients who were, like, dying. They didn't really know that they were being signed up for these types of tests. Mm-hmm. Um, the tests weren't really accurate. And then they kind of fudged the numbers a little bit. Oh, yeah. So this this has to go back to mentioning p-values and standard deviations. They frequently would um, run tests without controls um, because the machines would break before they finish the control uh, um, testing matter. Um, they would accept p-values that were uh, above 5%, which for most experiments it's just eh, that's a fail um the some scientists argue that p-values are not what we should be looking at but that's not really a discussion for for here and now um and then there's also the um testing itself when they would do tests they would do like batches of six right and Uh, then uh, average it out right they they would throw out right things that were two or three standard deviations away from what was expected. Um, and even then the results were frequently crazily high or insanely low. Right. So um, they did this initial clinical quote unquote trial and the results didn't look good, but they still did a clinical trial, which is what sort of to make them look sort of legitimate. Mm hmm. Um, she also wrote a single paper in a uh, pay-to-publish Italian medical uh, journal that she touted as the uh, uh, research and, and proof of her um, product. Yeah, so essentially keeping the lie going. Mm-hmm. So when Walgreens and Safeway were trying to essentially get... Uh, like brought on um safeway the ceo he was really focused on healthcare. bird bird right he was really focused on healthcare. um he had like a he also had the uh, healthcare assistant and she not assistant but uh the head of that and so they're like okay well you know we'll add these to our stores whatever um but they sunk like a couple hundred million yeah in yeah, renovating they, a bunch of their stores right and as Safeway, as Theranos did not deliver on what they wanted, and Safeway just kind of kept, like, they sunk way more money into it than, um... 
as a part of these deals, they were giving Theranos loans of hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So as that kind of continued, and then Safeway stocks, um, like not they they went down like six or ten percent or something because yeah, they they had uh, outstanding uh, uh, costs that were outstripping their revenue. Right. So they fired Bird. And essentially, the Safeway deal just went away because no one else followed up. What like Bird was the one who was just spearheading the um, the deal with Theranos. On the other hand, Walgreens they also did the whole pilot program. They were like, okay, we'll do it in Arizona. Um, they had a Walgreens consultant, and this guy like pretty much sounded the alarm. It was like, yeah, you guys realize this is like all bullshit. And they're like, well, you're a consultant. You're not Walgreens. You're not part of the Walgreens family, so we're just kind of not going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. So they essentially, with the Walgreens deal, they like inked a paper. They're like, okay, we'll open some labs in Arizona. That's what we're going to do. And this uh, one lab director, she came back from India. Like, she left for three weeks for vacation. Thinking, we're in clinical. Yeah, we're in clinical. We're doing testing. Comes back. Oh, um, by the way, we're going live. And everyone's flipping, like, everyone's like flipping the fuck out because we're like, they know. What the fuck are we yeah. going to do? So, essentially, so that kind of happened. And then they finally, um, they get um, the Siemens analyzer. They get a bunch of them. A bunch of them. Like, at one point, um, someone meant, like, someone indirectly related to the Wall Street Journal uh, reporter not like blood related, but someone someone they know or like they find out about this somehow that a semen salesman is bragging to somebody else on a plane about how much they sell in like medical equipment and analyzers to Theranos. Like the, these devices are like uh, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. a pop. Yeah. And so they try to initially, like, reverse engineer. They just pop it open just to see how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, However, this is where things really start going downhill. Because essentially, they knew that they kind of sort of scrapped the mini lab and start using Edison as their main uh, blood blood tester. However, instead of doing, like, 100, 150, um blood like blood test it actually just does four and then those are superly inaccurate and then everything else these are from the pinprick type shit and then everything else was from uh vein draws which went to the other um the analyzer well uh, so they would do in the arizona labs both pinpricks and vein draws um but they still rigged a number of the siemens devices to take the pinprick blood samples, which required the pinprick blood samples to be diluted to have enough volume to initially go into the Siemens machines, which then diluted them further. Right. Because the Siemens machines were designed to take a vein draw and then dilute that. But the amount of blood that you you get from a pinprick is leagues smaller than a vein draw. Right. And also between when they did the Walgreens stuff, they um, also sent the lab results back from Arizona to Palo Alto. And oh, not the lab results, the or, blood. Sorry, the blood. Excuse me. Yeah, the blood 
from Arizona to California. Yeah. And of course, they this you know, blood just sits on the tarmac. Yeah. It would just sit around and not get in warm, a, get warm, coagulate. Yeah. So people would get these weird ass like results. I'm sorry, the doctors, and then mm-hmm. the, and then those doctors were like. Some of them were suspicious and were like, you need to go to like Quest Lab. You need to go to somewhere else so we can confirm yeah. this because this is like so out of fucking scope. But some of them weren't suspicious and right. made medical decisions about this. Yeah. People would go to these Walgreens separately from their doctors and would get blood tests done, would see that they have insane levels and would go to the ER and like rack up massive bills thinking that there was something wrong with them when there was nothing wrong. Right. So, so that's kind of when they went live. Another part of going live was the website. And they pretty much got the marketing firm from, like, she fucking loves Steve Jobs. We didn't talk about, um, her, how she dressed, uh, which is like not a huge deal, but it's just really fucking funny. So first of all, she used to dress pretty much in sweat, like baggy pants and Christmas sweaters until she got, um, advice from one of her like co-workers and so she started putting dressing like steve jobs in terms of black turtleneck black pants she lowered her voice um and some people found that odd but some people like they found it odd but they're like you know it makes kind of sense silicon valley and startup world is very male dominated maybe mm-hmm. she's just trying to change her like voice to kind of meet that but you know some people are like that's still fucking weird yep. um yep so Anyway, she gets the same uh, marketing um, firm for... Chait Day. Yeah, Chait Day. And they did all No Apple's space shit. there. Yeah. Backslash. Backslash. Uh, she tried to get uh, Lee Clow out of retirement to do a bunch of the like, photography and shit like that. He's uh, the, aber- uh, the photographer for Apple. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah I think either iMac or iPad. Like, one of the, like, pretty much reasons why most people have a fucking, like uh i thingy so um essentially one of the guy like one of the main guy's accounts he was like ah this is this is my apple like if this fucking takes off this is was his name sebastian i thought it was patrick patrick yeah so patrick was like yeah this is this could be my apple this could like submit my fucking legacy and career yeah however he was all in everyone else under him fucking hated working with her mm-hmm. like she essentially um pretty much 48 hours before the site the website goes live um and they've done months and months of work on yeah, this because like, and asking for edits yeah and asking for is this real yeah is this true yeah because they actually had to try to get like a lawyer and actually go through everything because they they're yeah. um marketing has a fucking liability and yeah. that's why um the it's, thing with Fire Festival, that's why fucking Fuck Jerry is getting sued, is because yeah. they have a liability to actually be pretty truthful about what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And it's it's one thing if it's software, because like you can be like, well, it kind of does this. But medical devices have to do what you say they do. Yeah. So the funny part is, so I forgot the woman who worked with Elizabeth. She's like, hey, here's all these edits. Elizabeth's like, no, 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 nope, nope. This is all, nope, everything's factual, whatever. Pretty much like 48, like 24 to 48 hours before the website went live, Elizabeth pretty much had the same exact edits to what was proposed earlier. 
they they did a like a where I work it's called a tiger team call. Oh, yes. But it, like a 24-hour phone call essentially where they're going over every line and with lawyers and just being like okay, well, we can't say that, so let's change it to this. That is the exact edit they made. Okay, we can't do that. Let's change it to this. That is the exact edit they made. But now they have to do all of these changes in that 20... Not for months. Right. So the website launches. Things are going pretty well. However, throughout this entire fucking time, there is a fucking revenge story going on behind this, which I was like... Oh, yeah. I was so, like caught off guard so it's richard fuez who is this like inventor well one he's a family friend or a former family friend at that point he was still a family friend yeah so essentially back in the day uh um the families of holmes and fuez the wives got along the husbands didn't yeah um because to chris the dad yes chris the dad he kind of holmes is a father kind of just did not like how Richard was kind of arrogant and kind of a know-it-all. Mm. And also, he made a fuck ton of money by this point. Richard. Yeah, Richard. Richard yeah. made a shit ton of money. Because Richard was a medical doctor who didn't practice medicine, but instead patented uh, medical devices and then licensed them. Yes, he was also apparently a fucking CIA asset and um, worked with... Straight to the hag. Yeah. He was a CIA asset who worked with, uh, he pretty much tried to get out of an issue where you couldn't boycott another country's, like, uh, like you couldn't boycott, like, Israel if you're working in Saudi Arabia or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And so he maneuvered out of that by being a CIA asset because how else are you going to fucking, you know, keep all your money? And then he... Got out of that, patented more shit, and was like, neat. However, <laughs> however. I just imagine him doing like five backflips from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and then at the end of it, just like, neat. <laughs> yeah. So um, their relationship, like the relationship kind of broke down as essentially uh, Chris Holmes, he uh, did the really unfortunate part of working for Enron. That went to shit. Oh, yeah. And he, he, a family friend of his, after he got out of government, was like, uh, yeah, I can get you a job at Enron in like 1999. Yeah. And then that went how it went. And so he, I think they moved back from, well, I think they were, that was in Texas. And they moved back to like Virginia. Yes. Uh, and before we go on, uh, listeners, if you haven't yet, listen to the dollop episode on Enron. That is yes. all. So they move back to or like they pretty much hang out at an apartment that the fuas had and yeah, just gave them a house just gave them a house and then they eventually they didn't like buy like there was like okay you know we, we figured out our own shit and moved out so the whole point is is that fuas felt like you know what we've been friends yada 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 um your daughter is making medical devices yeah and, and she it, didn't talk to me yeah she has a life outside of me yeah like i gave your family all this shit and you didn't do anything for me so apparently he uh came with some device that was would have been critical for theranos yeah. he he eventually patents the idea of wirelessly transmitting medical data to a lab which is 
in my opinion. Also, side note, listeners, uh, go check out Patricia Taxon's video on the golden calf and how IP is bullshit. And ideas are free. If you can share it with your mouth, it's free. Uh, except herpes. That's not free. <laughs> anyway, I mean it is. You still can share it with your mouth and get it for free. Anyway, um, but yeah, so he, he creates the idea of wirelessly transmitting medical data from a lab device to a lab. Yeah, which, uh, you know what? Okay, so he does that. The patent, like, so the patent goes to... Yeah, so his son... His son, yes. ...works for the law firm that Elizabeth Holmes was retaining at the time. And so Elizabeth becomes obsessed with the idea that Richard only made this patent because his son was funneling information about Theranos' patents to him. Right. Which, which is, wasn't the case. Was not the case. And also, his son and him were kind of estranged. Like, they were not yeah, talking. They very icy relationship. Yeah. So, it just made no fucking sense. The thing was, was Plus, that she still like, complained. Richard's history of, like, uh, he makes medical patents all the time. Like, he's got the sort of mind where he's like, oh, medical device. Hmm, yes. Uh, I can do this very vague thing and patent. Right. So the whole point is like it was just coincidental yeah. that it went to this specific law firm that um Elizabeth was at and also her at like uh, uh, her childhood neighbor like worked fucking for. worked at. Yeah. So this is when she gets she kind of just goes a nuclear option, of course, by getting uh boys or boysy or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name. Anyway, boysy to law. Yeah, so this is the lawyer who uh, pretty much eviscerated, um, like, Bill Gates. He was, like, in a bunch of antitrust um, lawsuits. He, like, that that was his thing. Like, this motherfucker, you had to pay, like, 100 grand a month to retain him. Yeah. So, since you went nuclear. Instead, he got stock. Yes, that was, which, so when I read that, I was like, is that even legal? And I don't know. And I'm just like, that is such a, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what yep. the shit? So, so essentially, this is, Elizabeth has built up a attacked off fucking lawyer, investors who don't know what the fuck is going on. And the other piece of this is the media. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, uh, Fortune interviewed her, a bunch of fucking other magazines. Forbes. It, Forbes. Um, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. But these were like very fluff pieces like, yeah. hey, tell me about yourself. Yeah, editorial type shit. And she just skyrocketed. Like, and she had, I think, probably a couple fucking TED Talks. I don't, I don't think so. But, you know, she... She spoke for uh, the Obama administration yes. and a bunch of like science and, and medical like talks. Yeah. So she had like the appearance of being credible and her have life changing technology. Yeah. And this is where she got a lot of uh people like Mad Dog Mattis on board. Um this was George Saltz was on board before this, but this is the point where he got a lot of uh his friends on board. Right. So then we going to, so yeah, Boise just they they pretty much Fuiz like 
pretty much the family got back together to fight against this because like they're like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and richard was like no i have a good case mm-hmm. i didn't do anything wrong i don't even know what the fuck she's doing yep. and then they pretty much just put him in litigation yep. hell yep. for months yep. and they were just losing fleas the fleas family was just losing fucking money yep they thought though that they had a, a pretty slam dunk case because they were going to call i believe his his name was ann gibbons yes uh and ann gibbons was the co-author on all of elizabeth's patents while she was retaining the law firm that uh richard's son john worked at and Richard was going to call Ian to the stand, and Ian had um, sort of been put in um, the back burner or like sidelined by Elizabeth because he had raised a bunch of concerns regarding the um, science that she was doing, the products that she was trying to create. Um, so he previously was the head of one of the labs. He was removed from that position and essentially given a do-nothing job. Um, so that, in combination with the lawsuit, created so much stress on him. Oh, also, these everybody, at, like if you're employed, you could not talk about what you do at work. Yes. So he could not actually discuss any of this with like a family member, yes. like his wife. Can't or put on LinkedIn that you worked for Theranos. Yeah, like they'll fucking do a cease and desist. So yes. he, like you're, he was pretty much under so much stress and anxiety because of how the culture makes you work. Yes. So as a scientist, he feels so terrible about the work that he's enabling and what he's enabled in the past, uh, the stress of this lawsuit coming up and being pulled between his employer and telling the truth. Uh, he ends up killing himself. He yep. uh, drinks a fifth of uh, whiskey and uh, downs a bottle of Tylenol. Yep. And goes into renal failure. Yeah. So essentially what Richard was hoping to happen just fucking disappears. disappears. So. And then on top of that, his son goes ballistic in his deposition and is like, I'm going to ruin Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, I'm going to spend my life like hunting her down because she is maligning my legal career yeah and this was also the same son when they actually try to go into settlement was like no he can like no you guys can fucking die and like his his other brother and his dad were just like we can we settle this like yeah. it's it's been oh, a while and, and, and <laughs> the settlement was gonna go through but the whole like john son thing was like hey richard's like hey boys can you can you throw my son a bone like like maybe set something up like get him an interview somewhere better than where he works or yeah, because something his reputation took a hit oh after yeah this because essentially it made him look like a fucking a guy thief. A thief and even though he wasn't at yeah. all he just looked bad yeah and john was like no i am going to fucking go to my grave like refusing and like his pride hugely ruined that portion of his life and probably still does yeah in, in in many ways right so moving on to when she attempts to get this to work in the u.s army so the person who kind of oversaw the 
like ask was this guy named Colonel David Shoemaker, and he's been a army medical doctor. He's been a um, research, like on the research end too. So he kind of knew his shit. He's he's also like uh, toured labs. He's like done this type of work before. So they set up the um, so CENTCOM, which is uh, some acronym for something. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, hey, can you go check out there? And else we want to use this for, you know, in Afghanistan. He's like, okay, sure, I'll fucking do that. No big deal. So they set up a meeting, and he's just like, uh, okay. Um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, this is not going to work. Like, he just straight up was like, this isn't going to work. It, Where's your FDA, yeah. like, approval for this device? Yeah, and she's like, well, you know, you see my one-page paper says that we've been clinically tested and it's like you haven't been fda approved though yes your lab has been clinically tested and she's like well uh, everything's going to be transmitted back to the lab so that's all that matters right so he kind of saw through this bullshit real easy yeah so then still takes two meetings with her before he does anything substantive right substantial substantial yeah substantive ah Okay, there the other go. word. So um, so that's how the first meeting went. Second meeting, you know, he's like, okay, you know what? Uh, they were kind of like, you know, we need to just gather some more paperwork and stuff like that. We just will get back to you. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, sure, that's fine. Comes and back. He's taking these meetings because she got the, uh, I guess, approval of Mad Dog Mattis to, like, try implementing this for the yes. Army. So he is like, um, all right, we'll come back, reconvene another time. So the second meeting, he expects her to come back with lawyers because, you know, they need, like, it makes sense. Provide legal explanation for why they only need the CLIA. Yeah. Uh, It was just Elizabeth. So he he was just very confused. He was like, "Uh, okay, pretty much shows the same paperwork. And Elizabeth, they just go back and forth. And Elizabeth, like, they just disagree. He's like, you know, this isn't going to work. So he just thinks nothing of it. Uh, no, he then, yeah. he reaches out to the FDA. Right. Because there's a weird, there's a very confusing part to me was that who owned what part of the inspection? Because there's the CMMS or CMS. Yeah. And then. It should be CMMS, but for some reason <laughs> yeah. it's just CMS. Yeah. So there's CMS and then there's another group that uh right within the fda who was going to do the lab inspection yeah and so cms or cms uh manages the lab inspections for experimental uh laboratory procedures whereas the fda covers uh inspections and reviews of devices that are going to be uh public facing right so Essentially, um, Shoemaker just sends an email on advice of like, hey, how, which, which one does this fall under? Because it is a device and this is a public laboratory. facing Faith- thing. Yeah. And the lab is going to be receiving public information and helping the public make decisions. Right. So this set off a chain of events where someone leaks this email to Elizabeth about this inquiry. So then Elizabeth is like, what the fuck? So she emails Mattis and is like, why are you guys, like, in a way, like, bullying me? Like, why are you trying to... Why are you being mean? Yeah. So then 
um shoemaker gets his email from mattis and is like what the like why are you like what who the fuck are you <laughs> like yeah. what's going on yeah. so shoemaker's not just fucking, like good job you were protecting our soldiers like how dare you yeah like we were trying to get this device out yeah. to our troops and you're holding us up what's why, why are we're you gonna have this? a meeting about yeah. this. so shoemaker's fucking sweating bullets he's like fuck am i gonna get fired um him and another person i forgot went to go have a meeting with mattis and mattis was like hey can you just please explain what's going on i i just i just don't know i've been out of the loop a little bit i've yep. been up and i've been away for like three months uh in the theater i've been like bombing civilians right so to the uh, shoemaker uh explains it pretty clearly and mattis is like oh, okay and then that was it like nothing really else came from it yep though it does put theranos on the fda's radar in a way that they were not previously right and so the whole problem is is that essentially they kind of sort of lied a little bit and a, by a little bit a lot. a lot about being fda approved because like joe biden fucking went to their uh quote-unquote fake lab that they mm-hmm. made up mm-hmm. and everyone's under the impression that yeah, they totally sold to the U.S. Army as being used right now, even yep. though that was totally not a fucking thing. Yep. And she rolls with that for a few years, just claiming that her devices were on the back of Humvees right. to venture capitalists and investors. Yep. So- also, side note, uh, this is clear evidence of exactly why Biden should be president, because he, he will see right through the bullshit and uh, just make the best decisions. The best. So... Um, Obviously not, listeners. So this all is going on. Um, everything starts tumbling down when um, this blog. Uh, yeah. And this uh, this is all pulled together by Richard Fuez. Yes. Because there's a, a blog that makes uh, a review of this device, right? Or this lab, uh, like, experience. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about what Richard Fuez has been up to around this time. Right. Um, so Richard Fuez kind of starts trying to piece together how to take down Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, he's he, still obsessed. He's still obsessed. He uh, talks to Rochelle, uh, Ian Gibbons' uh, widow. Yes. Or, sorry, yes, widow. Mm-hmm. And then um, he also talked to um, the original maker, Phyllis, and kind of... Uh, because he needed someone to kind of back up the claims of, like, this is sort of impossible. He needed, like, someone to, like, be on his side there. Yeah. And what was, like, pretty, like, crazy is the fact that um, just a bunch of things kind of happen all at the same time that lines up to the downfall of Elizabeth. Um, first, uh, the former director of the lab, uh, Alan Beam, quit. Mm-hmm. And he attempted to... Um, essentially email himself some the like all the correspondence and stuff saying by the way we should not be doing these live pretty much yeah. live tests this is covering his ass yeah and unfortunately uh, Sonny saw that he sent emails to himself yeah. and yeah. pretty much tried to litigate him to death and be like should have printed it out yeah that's the thing like he should have printed it or just said yeah i deleted it they didn't know what the fuck was on his home yeah. so anyway well they were being very insistent about like we want our lawyers to comb through your home email and like look at every email you've ever sent yourself yeah and uh like, 
No. Earlier, yeah. Tyler Schultz uh, actually printed out shit and yeah. hit it before yep. he got marched out. Yep. So anyway, um, Solon Beam gets fired. Uh, he just pretty much is also just super concerned. Then, on top of everything else, uh, there's a uh, blogger called uh, Pathology Blog, and um, Adam Clapper, he noticed that the New Yorker article on Elizabeth Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, that's really, that seems very weird. Like, this is a very weird type of thing. So he wrote yeah, a blog this, about it. This is not just weird. This is miraculous yeah. sort of a technological leap. So Richard contacts Adam, and they kind of talk about it. He actually introduces some of the um, like evidence that he kind of got and just mm-hmm. kind of what was going on. And then um, Adam Beam, uh, I think, was looking at his uh, LinkedIn yeah, Richard was... Lo- uh, so, Richard contacted Clapper right. n- first. Right. Um, and then finds uh, Alan through LinkedIn. Right. And then um, and then it turns out that uh, the author of this book and Adam actually had a relationship prior about another healthcare scandal. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, Adam was like, oh, this is a story. Or, like, something that needs to be, like, told. And contacted uh, the author. Mm-hmm. So essentially, um, pretty much the back half of the book is about yeah, back gather- third, back third, yeah, is about just gathering the evidence, uh, talking to former employees, current employees, um, doctors that were in the Arizona area, and the like results yeah. that they got. Trying to keep them on record, right? And like, and then throughout this, like when he- so after he gets pretty much enough evidence. He, what you do as a journalist is you try to contact the other party. So yep. he attempted to get and like have an interview with Elizabeth to you know talk about the claims. Pretty much dodged him at every for, step for months. And also at the same time, she's having her law firm with boys like harass everyone who is talked to him. Yeah, because like, they pretty much them. were trying to pull. Oh well, this is um secret um secret sauce you cannot yeah. talk about this this is ip that you you're going to give our competitors an advantage and it's funny because that reminds me of um when people try to so on youtube when they try to have like full clips of something and like no it's actually um protected again on the um parody law or something and it's like that's not really what what it is you're just pull, playing the full clip and nothing is different yeah just because you're talking over it does not make it less of a clip yeah. that you just cut. So that I just thought it was funny. They're like, yeah, it's um, like it's secret sauce. You can't do that. It's mm. RIP. So um, IP I, is a spook. So they so he's pretty much gathering evidence um, throughout this, too. And the lawyers, Tyler Schultz pretty much got ambushed by his fucking grandfather. <sighs> yeah. And trying to make him sign a piece of paper saying, like, hey, uh, we're, like, um, you'll never talk about, you know, retract your statements and, like, never talk about Theranos mm-hmm. ever fucking again. Yeah. His grandfather is entirely on Theranos' yeah. side. So, like, th- like, the lawyers, like, showed up and, like, ambushed him. And At then, his grandfather's house. Yes. Yeah. So, George is, like, calls Elizabeth and is, like, hey, uh, this wasn't what we talked about. And he's, like, oh, okay. And then he tried to, like, be, like don't get sued ever or like i can talk about it or don't get sued ever 
And then his step-grandma was really nice and was just like, here's an actual lawyer. You should talk to him. And also, run, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, very heartening to be like, okay, good. Someone isn't fucking crazy in this guy's family because I yep. feel for him. Um, yep. So, like, uh, pretty much a bunch of people were trying to get served. A lot of bunch of paper just falling to the ground because, like, that was the thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you don't... The thing was, in this story was very much like you don't have to sign shit like you do not if some lawyer serves you you don't need to sign anything mm-hmm. and if you're like that's the thing with lawyers is because people don't really know that you don't need to do that or like you don't need to be intimidated by them yeah uh, so but what yeah. we're trying to say listeners is any strangers that come to your door just pull a gun on them no don't do no that. don't do that um so yeah uh so that's going on and eventually, she, as we said earlier, she gets Rupert Murdoch as her investor. Yeah, this is around this time and when the Wall Street Journal story is starting to build. They are calling John, uh, the author, uh, John? Oh my god, I don't even know. I don't remember shit. Yeah, John. John, constantly. They're like, hey, you need to not run the story. Yeah, hey, you need to not run the story. Back and, off. And they, like, they, the lawyers and him came together and he's like, no, we're not going to not run the story. So just like, fuck off. I'm like, okay, fine. So with this Rupert Murdoch. The, these aren't short conversations that they're having. They're like eight hour, like back and forth yelling matches. Yeah. Um, so with the Rupert Murdoch uh, investment, uh, Elizabeth tried to pressure, like, kill the story. And he's just like, um, no. No. <laughs> So, I'm willing to eat a couple hundred million loss. Yes, yeah, like I have billions. It really doesn't matter if this yeah. doesn't work out. Yeah. So then the story gets published and Elizabeth is literally on fucking damage control. Yeah. She's still coming on MSNBC, uh, a bunch of other shit. What did she go on? Joe uh, Kramer, like, like Mad yeah, Money. Mad yeah, Mad Money. It's like, this is the perfect venue for making my case. So she starts trying to like walk back some of her statement like some of the statements of like what they actually do um i think also during this time sunny gets fired yes because they now everyone Their knows relationship is exposed. exposed and some people are like oh she lied about this then what else is she lying about yeah. so um then as more shit comes out they published a couple follow-up articles yeah and the lawyers kept emailing like hey you need to change this right now yep so on top and then so there's that and then wall street journal had like a tech in tech um like conference thing yes and then elizabeth holmes was going to speak at and that they were racing against the clock to publish the first article before she spoke at that right so she still shows up with her entourage of bodyguards because she was super fucking paranoid yep and she essentially just lies to the interviewer. And, it, like, these are, like, a really fluff piece type of shit, so, like, it really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But she was like, oh, no, like, this, that was misconstrued to this or whatever. So that goes just as horrible as possible. And essentially, Sonny gets fired. A bunch of people get laid off. Uh, there's people who essentially still wanted to... Um, invest in them anyway like they still believed in the product george schultz is fucking one of them yep he still believes them um you know so pretty much funds are getting cut whatever yeah so then she tries to do one last hurrah 
Uh, she comes, she goes to like a laboratory like convention thing yeah. that was very the sort no of one... place where if you are conning people, yeah, you don't go. Yeah, this is like for legitimate like sciences, medical people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. So she unveils this new approach the mini lab. Yeah, and back to the same, you know, one stick, you know, a bunch of tests type shit. Yeah, uh, she just people she like kind of flows on the Q&A that was kind of scripted and then that was it um so I guess currently they're being the SEC is on them for fraud yep uh the FDA banned them for two years from doing any form of blood like public blood testing right and um I think the SEC wants her to not manage a business for like 10 years like straight up banned yeah um then there's also criminal charges that may be coming, but... Because there were one million blood tests that were provided to just the state of Arizona alone in the span of, like, a year and a half. Right. That had to be thrown out. And, right. like, medical decisions were made on these. Yeah, so... For a lot of them. The problem is, is that they need to kind of prove that those test results caused them harm, which yep. is going to be... For a lot of people, that's going to be tough, but, you know, maybe there's, like, so many um, lawsuits that they kind of put them all in one single one for the criminal. Yeah. So. Do a class action. Yeah. Wait, can you do criminal class action? I don't think so. It's some <sighs> you other. You should. <laughs> you should. So, essentially, uh, Sonny got, like, apparently showed up at one of the court hearings and, like, was trying to intimidate, I guess, Tyler or something. <laughs> And because people are like, he just like disappeared and he just probably just holed up somewhere yeah. um, and just waited out. So, yeah, that's the gist of the book. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a thrilling. Oh, yeah. Type of thing. It went really quick. I read it in like three days. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was not that not that long of a story. But yeah, it kind of just it was a kind of a story of just hubris and people just kind of believing what the fuck they want to believe. Mm-hmm. Like, is the story of why we need a socialist revolution because uh, the people who hold the money are fools and they are in using their money damaging the public. This is true. Yes. And I like I can't exactly argue against that, but uh, yeah, I kind of. Would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know. Do you think? Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny are actually going to get go to jail. No. Okay. That's what I thought, too. I don't yeah. think... They're, they're not going to go to jail. Uh, they should. Um, Henry Kissinger should go to The Hague. Uh, George Schultz. Uh, Matt Ogmatis. Uh, Obama. <laughs> Joe Biden. If we get, like, to the Hague. got... I'm going to blame you. Drone strike coming down right now. Yeah. Actually, no, because uh, it's the Trump administration right now. Uh, they'll probably let us drone strike. Um, uh, no, they wouldn't. Okay. Actually, yeah, they would. They'd be like, yeah, you want to you wanna do some drone strike, but not on American soil. They, they have us droning people elsewhere. Okay. Anyway, so. Whew. That quite a book. Just. Yeah. It's, uh, there's just so many things that I, like, pretty much my highlighting was just in my comments, yikes, just all the way down. Yeah. Just a bunch of yikes. Yep. It's, it's just bad science. 
Constantly. 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 There's and a bunch like, of people bullshitting, and yeah. it's just so obnoxious that they kind of fail upwards. Yeah. And, like, they con a lot of people into thinking, like, yeah, I can I can do this. Like, I can help you make this a reality. But, n- no, you can't. And you should have seen right from the get-go. Like, and some people did. Some people lasted, like, a month or a couple months before they became completely disillusioned. And that goes to show how, even for professional scientists, how well Elizabeth and Sonny played that shell game of siloing everyone and, like, hiding information and uh, papering over the fact that they had terrible lab standards and uh, uh, terrible engineering. But the the fact that they got so far with bullshit is really disheartening. Yeah, because it's, uh, as the book says, um, Elizabeth is a great saleswoman. Mm-hmm. She knows how to like play to the strengths of the product. She would have gone far at a used car <laughs> business. Yeah. I think what is interesting is that if she just honestly was way the fuck more patient. Yeah. That's like really what it came down yeah. to. She probably could have eventually gotten to her goal. Yeah. Um, and like wasted a bunch of money because maybe that's not what... hundreds of blood tests, maybe not the size of a home computer, like with the maybe with a vein draw, it because all of those combined meant that she was working with a minute, uh, minute uh, amount of blood, right? Um, in a device that was supposed to do hundreds of things, but you could barely fit a few instruments into yeah like it's just not going to happen like we didn't even go into the the different types of blood tests and like how they differ in the techniques that they require and the machinery that they require uh primarily the edison and the mini lab focused on immunoassays um, but that's like one of four kinds of blood tests that she was claiming that they could do. It it just, unless we had some sort of breakthrough in like microfluidics and um, like, uh, what's the uh, quantum mechanic, uh, quantum computing. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it wasn't going to happen for maybe decades yeah it would have taken just a really long fucking time to get what she wanted and instead of maybe focusing on like one like area she's like i want it all and i want to be a billionaire and granted she did become a billionaire because they evaluated her to yeah on paper and like she did eventually get it she got her it's monkey's paw right (laughs) like this is literally the monkey's paw like well i just gotta lie until i be a billionaire and it's like and then it all falls apart yeah so but yeah they were uh evaluated at nine billion dollars and she owned half the stock so she was worth on paper five billion yeah there was also other shit we skipped over like uh she pretty much got 99.7 percent of the um voting voting rights. rights which i don't know i would have been just out after that because then i'd be like so you don't care and about, about you need think. my advice, so I'm out. Yep. Um, I mean, granted, hindsight 2020, but there's just certain sh- things you you just As gotta investor. You, like that's a big red flag. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was Bad Blood. Uh, overall, pretty solid book. Yeah. Um, Can't believe T Swift wrote this. I know, right? Yeah. Fucking superstar right there. Yeah. 
Um, right, so our next book is also about bad people because um, it's another pick by me, and I just like reading about bad people. Mm. Um, it's Bad Popes. Uh, I think I got it from the recommendation from Twitter or something. Uh, so get yeah. them tweets. Get them tweets. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time. And remember, books, books are, are good, good actually. actually.